and welcome to the 495. I'm your host, Doug Sparks, Editor-in-Chief of Merrimack Valley Magazine. Lou, it's, uh, you know, it, it was funny this summer, right? Because it was heat wave, heat wave, heat wave. Yeah. And now it's like fall. It's, oh yeah. Right? It, it just, we just transitioned. The switch it, flipped. It flipped. And it, and it makes me a little, something unusual is going to happen this year for me. Yes. I don't know if I've talked to you about this. Uh, I'm a little bit, I'm excited because I'm kind of like the Viking. I like the cold. Yeah. I, I just, I'm into the cold, right? But I've been, stu- do you like know Like the cold cold I or like this cold. fun little transition? No, I like the cold. Yeah, I mean, I like the fall. Yeah. I, I mean, I like every, all yeah. weather's good. But I like, I think more than most people, I get excited about the snow and, and no. I don't know. It's it's cool to me. And it's good. It's good to embrace these things and not be You're young still. Yeah, right? that, that'll wear off. <laughs> well, so, uh, but I'm a little bit scared this year. And I don't know if I've talked to you about this. Do you know who Wim Hof is? I do not. Wim Hof the Iceman is this this Dutch guy who set all these records for like ice baths and you know like climbing Kilimanjaro in his underpants and doing all these kind of crazy really? things in the cold. Yeah. And he has this breathing method that he uses and then he does some kind of cold exposure and it's supposedly really good for your immune system. It's supposedly good for a whole bunch of different things, stress and, and all this kind of stuff. So um, at a certain point in the pandemic, I signed up for his online class. Oh no! And I've been really? stu- Oh no! I saw so I've been <laughs> studying the Wim Hof method, and I've been working up to my ice baths. I haven't taken an ice bath yet, which is going to lead to me going out this winter when it gets really cold and going for swims. See, but now, but see the one thing before, and yeah. I, I see that look yeah. in your face. So for me, I like the cold, but cold water kind of terrifies me. So the, sh- yep. the cold shower, I've been taking cold showers. That was not easy at first. Now I like it. I'm used to it. But that idea of going out and kind of pushing yourself in that way is is a little bit frightening. All right. So we talked about your garage videos <laughs> yeah. before the show. Yeah. And I'm fully expecting an open garage door with you in shorts and a T-shirt Oh, sure. in the dead of winter. We will do it. Doing a show, yeah, doing I'll, your breathing exercises. I will be out there doing my breathing exercises and maybe something more interesting. Who knows? Maybe the, I'll go down to Walden Pond and, and take a dive. The closest ever is I like a little hot tub yeah. in, in the middle of the winter. Yeah. And I will go out and roll in the snow. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. But that's, that's a as, great feeling. That's as far as I'll go. That's a great feeling. Yeah. You know, for sure. And, go and jump you, in the snow and then back in the hot tub. Yeah. It, yeah. That that cold, hot, cold, hot yep. thing can be great. I lived in Florida for a while, and, and I remember going to a place where you could go from extremely cold water that was supposed to cool you down in the middle of summer, and then you would, like, you know, get out, and it would be 90 degrees, yep. and you go back in. And that's, that's just a great a rush. What you're also starting to see right now is if you go into a place like Whole Foods, you're starting to see that split where you have people coming in wearing coats. And, like, we're almost like – some people are getting ready for the mittens. Oh, and then uh, there's, you know, people like me who everybody hates, and I'm, I'm going to be in shorts and a T-shirt until, you know, <laughs> first, until the, the first blizzard. This was the first day I had the thought this morning, maybe I should have grabbed a coat yeah, on yeah. the way out. You, but you, you, but uh, you get reluctant that, for that first time. Right, right. right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a New Englander. It's not that cold. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there are people out there. I, yeah. I live in Chelmsford, so I go to the Westford Whole Foods. Yep. Uh, and there are definitely people there who are starting to bundle up. <laughs> Even though it's like, you know, part of me is like it's 63. It's not yeah. that cold. But, you know, that's uh, that's where they're at. They're not studying the Wim Hof. It's still September. Rate. I mean, it's still summer, isn't it? Till the 21st? Yeah, that's right. Doesn't, yeah, it's still summer. It doesn't feel like that. So when <laughs> I, I so another reason why I wanted to mention the Whole Foods in Westford is if you go there, you see you see this product in the shelves. I see this all the time. Now. Yeah, this keep is, a close eye on that. That may not leave with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this is this is the spicy one. This is leaving with me. Yeah, guaranteed because I can't resist. So this is a this is a infused olive oil from uh, Cucina Aurora. Um, which is a, we're going to find out all about it today because our guest is Dawn Aurora Hunt. 
Uh, Don, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Hello, Don. Uh, hello. hello. Hi, Don. Hey. So you've also just come out with this book. I have it. I have a review copy. So this is not what it really looks like, because the the actual book when you see it has these beautiful hold uh, it in front of color, your face so you trust it. Beautiful yeah. color yeah, we photographs, <laughs> but it's called a Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. And I'm I'm going to start off with a big question. Like, what do you mean by what do you mean by a witch? <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> thank you for having me. Sure. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Second of all, uh, I'm one of those weird people as well who likes the cold. Right on. Yeah. Um, this is my weather right here. I'm I, all the windows open. Sleeping in this weather is the best. Um, and and my husband and I actually moved to New England from New York because we were like we want to go somewhere where the fall is a little bit longer and you get more of that beautiful cold weather. Like we're those people. Now I can't say that I'm not my husband or I are crazy enough to be jumping in cold, freezing cold water. Um, but I get it. I, I get it. I, and I get the, the need, the Viking thing. I get my husband is exactly the same way, the big tattooed bearded Viking guy. Um, so I, I completely understand. So I had to comment on the weather because I'm, I'm loving it. I've got, you know, my hot coffee and, and my cool breeze and I am one happy witch. Now, what does that mean? Um, basically, uh, so most people associate uh, witches with the practice of Wicca, um, and Wicca being a, spe a specific type of spiritual practice. But the word witch can also kind of blanket cover spirituality that I rather identify as pagan, not necessarily Wiccan. So what is a pagan? A pagan is someone who has a nature-based spirituality or a a, a polytheistic spirituality, so maybe not just one god, maybe two, maybe ten, maybe a million. Um, or if you're like me, you're more of a mix and match. So I go through and I say, well, I really like these philosophies from Buddhism, and I'm going to apply them to my life. I really like these philosophies from Wicca, and I'm going to apply them to my life. I really like these philosophies from uh, Norse, Norse tradition, and I'm going to apply those to my life. So the word witch is sort of a catch-all for anyone who has uh, or, or it has become uh, a catch-all for anyone who has these sort of spiritual practices relating to what you would call quote-unquote magic, which is really just energy work or what mo most people think of as prayer. Hmm. Um, it's kind of all the same thing, right? Putting intention out into the world, lighting a candle when someone is sick, uh, you know, praying or, or wishing for things and bringing those energies into your life. So that's kind of like the teeniest little nutshell version that I could give you in the time that we have today. So as <laughs> sure. a kitchen witch, basically I identify all those things, but I do it through food and nurturing of my home, mm -hmm. nurturing of my, my household, um, and using food for uh, everything. I mean, I was raised in an Italian family in New York. Right. So I don't know if you've ever been to an Italian household, but uh, we food is our religion. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't you're having a birthday. You eat something. You're having a funeral. You eat something. If someone's sick, you make them food. Like food is your religion. Um, so that's kind of, again, in the tiniest nutshell, the best way that I could put it in relatable terms. Sure. So speaking of magic, I, I have to ask the question. Yeah. So I, I, I use these recipes from the book, 
and then Beyonce yeah. leaves Jay-Z, right? I visualize <laughs> Beyonce. She leaves Jay-Z. She's on the first plane to Manchester, New Hampshire, or to Logan. Is that how it works? No. Okay. No, that's never, that's never how it works. So the first thing, um, and I say it first right out of the gate in the book, um, and I would say that I would say that the book itself is, and you know this, right, Doug, from, from reading it, it's part cookbook, and that's probably the biggest part, but it's also part like uh, meditation and cell work, hmm. and then it's part self-help, right? So a little anecdotes about, you know, loving yourself and learning to love other people and all that kind of jazz. Um, but no, it doesn't work like that where you were to, uh, you know, make one of the recipes from the book and Beyonce leaves Jay-Z. That doesn't really work. And the very, the most important thing when you're doing any kind of energy work like this um, is that it's always for the good of all. And it's never for anyone to get hurt. Right. So it's really important that we say that specifically when it comes to working with recipes or aphrodisiac foods, which is really what the book is about, is that this is not about making someone fall in love with you, because if you had the intention of putting energy into the world for, Jay for Beyonce to leave Jay-Z, that's going to hurt someone. Hmm. That's not of her free will. That's with an intention of manipulation, right? So we would never want to put that kind of energy out into the world. It's only for the good of all involved, right. to harm none. Really, really important to harm none. Sure. Uh, I wanted to ask about like, wh like why love and romance? And it, it seems like a, maybe a simple question, but focusing on this, I, I think it's a little bit unusual now because I, like, I kind of follow like the health and wellness sphere and I hear a lot about stress. I hear a lot about like, you know, planking from your core. Like I, I hear about a lot of different kind of trends that are out there now, right. but I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talking about romance and loves in terms of like psychological well-being. Why did you focus on that? Well, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I used to teach a class called Recipes for Romance and I would travel around to a bunch of different uh, events um, and, and festivals and I would speak on the subject right mm -hmm. of this idea of using aphrodisiac foods or using food for what i like to call spiritual nutrition kind of amping up the spiritual nutrition of a food by by visualization techniques and meditation techniques so i used to teach this class on aphrodisiac foods and people would say to me all the time you should turn this into a book there's so much more information here than just that you can get in one hour of a class so I started with the idea and collected these ideas, and it was the, the idea out of most of my ideas that I had that the publisher, Simon & Schuster, really loved and wanted to run with. Um, yeah, I would have to say that it's not, um, the ideas of cooking for love, specifically, it's not trendy, is it? No, it's something that's with us all the time. So. You're, you're talking about how, you know, in the health trends, yeah, right now it's, you know, all everything's keto this and, 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 you know, chia seeds that, and that's awesome. And I love eating healthy. Um, but there's more to food than just physical nutrition. There is what I like to call that spiritual nutrition, which connects us to ourselves and each other and relationships are made and, 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 and grown over food. And meals. Think back to your childhood, Doug. Think about, you know, what did you, what do you remember the most about the holidays? What do you remember the most about birthdays, mm -hmm. birthday cakes, and and 
and you know, the big Christmas meals and things like that. At least that's what I remember. So the idea of cooking with love is universal. Um, and that's sort of how this started, right? And that's why we focus on it first and foremost, is that love, loving each other, loving the self. You can't love other people if you're not okay loving yourself. So, yeah, I would say that it's not trendy. Yeah. So <laughs> did... Um... It was published by uh, an imprint of, it's, it's called uh, Tiller Press, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster. Yeah. Did they have any concerns about where this goes on the shelves? In other words, like, well, because what I, I was told as a cookbook, and I was expecting a cookbook, I didn't, I wasn't expecting all these other things. And right. I was reading and thinking, where do you put this in the bookstore? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, they didn't express any of concern for me. Um, I actually think it goes under, um, like, spiritual wellness okay. or self-help, um, which makes it very unique as a self-help or spiritual book that it is a cookbook. Hmm. Um, but then again, it also is very unique as a cookbook because it incorporates all of that self-help and it's not about a diet. Um, all I think oftentimes you there's there's a confusion there, or at least for someone like me, you know, I struggled with weight my whole life and my relationship with food. I struggled with that my entire life. Um, so when you find a book that's supposed to be a cookbook, that's, you know, a self-help cookbook, it's all like kale smoothies and there is a kale smoothie in this book, but I'm just saying, you know, it's not about losing weight. It's about caring for yourself and caring for others. And to me, that's what the core of food is the creation of the food. So no, I mean, they didn't, they didn't have a concern and actually I wasn't sure where they were going to put it. Um, but it's actually listed under mind, body, spirit, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, there, there's a, a, you know, foods that we traditionally associate with as being like aphrodisiacs, like uh, like chocolate and, and oysters. Yeah. And you cover this. And, and one of the things I kind of like about this book, by the way, is it just seems like very open. Like there's stuff like you mentioned bone broth. There's chicken. There's all sorts of different things. Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm kind of being steered down some particular diet. I love cheese. I'm very happy there was cheese in there because yes. I'd be eating what it. Even... Love cheese? <laughs> yeah, ex <laughs> right. Exactly. Are there? So I have to ask though. Reading reading that is are there foods you should avoid? Right. If you're trying to kind of kindle, like if you're concerned about the spiritual nutrition that has to do with like connecting with people, are there certain things you would tend to to avoid? Certain well, I think foods. that it does depend on exactly what it is you're trying to do. You know, I mean, if you mm -hmm. are specifically saying, gee, I have this very strained relationship uh, with a loved one and I'm trying to heal those wounds, mm -hmm. um, it, things like, and it, it, I'm going to give you basic ideas, right? Things like bread. Bread has an energy of it, of friendship, of kinship, of, of connecting, right? When you think about uh, breaking bread. Right. And, and to sit with someone, you know, historically speaking, to sit with someone and to break bread was to share a meal and find a common ground. Right. Mm -hmm. So you might if you're trying to heal that strained relationship, you might sit with that person and literally break bread, you know, have a loaf of bread, dip it in some olive oil or make a sandwich or even invite that person over to bake bread with you as an exercise of connecting. So I don't think that there's really something to stay away from. I think it really depends on what are your spiritual goals, what are your emotional goals, and then finding the right foods and the right recipes that connect with those energies so that you can get where you want to go. Yeah. At the beginning of the book, you mentioned, you recommend people use wooden spoons. Why is oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really important. Um, 
you know, across the board, using natural fibers, using natural items in your kitchen is very important. Specifically a wooden spoon. Again, I have to say, you know, as an Italian woman, you, you have to have at least a hundred of them or they don't let you into the Italian woman club. Um, so, uh, but, but natural fibers help conduct energy where things like plastic don't conduct energy, right? So if you're putting energy, if you're in, and I don't know, Doug, do you know anything about Reiki? Have you ever heard of yeah, Reiki? I, I do, but not the, the listeners don't necessarily know. Okay, so Reiki is a type of energy healing um, where, and it can be found all over the place, where uh, the practitioner um, moves energy from their field, from your field, to heal whatever might be hurting in your body or, or your, your psyche or whatever. So when I'm talking about energy, that's what I'm saying. So if you are focusing your energy from, let's say, your heart center, right, and you're trying to put that energy into food, you're trying to stir up a pot of chicken soup, let's say, Let's say your your spouse is sick and you're going to make them a bowl of chicken soup and you know it's going to make them feel really good, right? If you're using that wooden spoon to stir, then the energy is being conducted through your heart center, through your body, through that spoon into the food, right? If you're using a plastic spoon, that energy is going to stop right there. Uh, it's not as conductive for the energy. So you always want to use things that are natural fibers. So you want to use wooden cutting boards for everything except for meat. You want to use glass, ceramic, uh, anything made of stone. Of course, I have a couple of things that are plastic or silicone because they're the right tools for the job sometimes. But most of the time, you want to use something. If you're, if this is the type of work you want to do, you want to use something that's going to be conductive of that. And if you want to think of it as a quote-unquote magic wand to help you conduct that energy. Um, that's why we use wooden spoons, and that's why they're so important when you're cooking like this. Speaking of sick husbands, um, <laughs> what, I, this is, I'm sure this comes up all the time because people are, are concerned about their immune yeah. systems. Are there ways of eating that can maybe push your immune system in the right direction and make you heal a little bit faster? What are your thoughts on that topic? So I'm not a nutritionist. It's very important to state that I'm not a nutritionist. So nothing I say about nutrition in terms of, uh, you know, actual like uh, that you would see a nutritionist for or a doctor or anything like that. Uh, however, there are things that are great for immunity, right? Garlic. Everybody knows garlic is really great for immunity. Ginger is great for immunity. Turmeric is great for immunity. Um, you know, just and those are and lemon. These are things just off the top of my head that are so great to help boost your immune system. Um, and we find that in, in cultures all over the world, that cultures of people that have diets rich in these foods have a better have better immunity. It helps with circulation and all those sort of things. Again, not a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. However, because these foods have these, uh, these properties to them, that transfers over into their energetic qualities as well. So if you make, for example, I know, Doug, you brought up that... Um, that uh, tonic, it's a lemon ginger tonic uh, made with you and you make it with raw honey. It's so good. That kind of is one of those things that gets me through when I'm feeling like I have a cold coming on, right? I'll make that every day for a week. Um, and it's just lemon and ginger um, and, and honey and, and, it's, and cinnamon sticks and it's delicious. But all of those, those individual foods have different properties to them, right? So your lemon is for purification. 
your ginger is also for purification. Um, your your cinnamon is for um, uh, you know it's it's a hearth home blessing herb and spice. So it creates um, kind of like a spiritual protective shield around you. So all of these things also have those energetic and spiritual properties to give you health and well-being, and that is amplified. That helps amplify their nutritional their physical nutritional value. And then you have those two things together, the spiritual and the, um, and the physical, and uh, it's a win-win. Sure. Uh, so before we get into your products and your business, because I, I do want to talk about that, I, I wanted to talk about your work as a writer, right? Because it's obvious you know food, and it's obvious you, 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 you know, you've, you've done seminars on this topic. Uh, but I think your writing is kind of interesting um, okay, because, it, because it's engaging, and it's funny, and it's informative, and it's like kind of like a, a, maybe the word is raw like you 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 uh yeah i don't know if you drop a couple f-bombs or something but I sure do. you you're pretty <laughs> pretty candid in your writing and pretty open in a way that i think a lot of people sort of struggle with so talk about yourself as a writer oh that's a really good question hmm. uh wow i wasn't expecting that um myself as a, so okay i don't think of myself as a writer which is kind of weird because I've written three books, but I don't ever, I would never define myself that way. Hmm. And now I sort of have to, oh, you're an author. I guess so. Sure. I did this thing. Um, But the way I write is conversational and I do this on purpose. I, I have written other things, not for public consumption, but for myself where it's, you know, a storytelling or third person perspective um, or instructional, very instructional. But I think that um, the best way for me to convey my ideas is to be as authentic as possible. So I want you to pick up this book and I want you to feel like you're sitting at my home and we're having a cup of coffee together. It should feel conversational. You should feel like we're hanging out. And I am a very open person. And I'm really grateful that you said that that comes through um, in the book. Because if you're not being authentically you then you're faking it, you know? And I never, ever want somebody to be like, that girl's faking it. Like, what you see is what you get. I am the same person in the book as I am on this podcast, as I am when you come see me at a book signing, as I am when I'm selling olive oil. This, what you see is what you get. Um, and, and I'm very grateful because so many people resonate with that. And they, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I can tell when somebody is BSing me and I never want somebody to look at me and go, that girl's full of it. Sure. Hey, so, yeah. Speaking of book signings, I, we've had writers on during COVID, during the pandemic, and, and mm-hmm. it's been a tough time for writers because the normal marketing opportunities aren't there or haven't been there. I looked at your Instagram page, which is, by the way, remind me, what's your Instagram? At Kuchina Aurora. C-U-C-I-N-A-A-U-R-O-R-A. Everything is at Kuchina Aurora. That's the company. Okay, and you just did a book signing up in Manchester, New Hampshire. I did, which, I did, yeah. And that wasn't um, available to writers like, you know, six weeks ago. What was that like, and what's, what's it been like to, to get the word out about this book? I'm going to have to be honest with you, it's really, really hard. Um, when, when I signed this deal for this book, there were so many more opportunities to sell it um, because with my company, we travel all over the place. We, you know, I, I would teach classes in other states. I would you know, go to Texas for a couple of weeks where I'm marketing the, the product itself, I'm marketing the olive oil, and then I could cross promote with the book. 
Um, it's, it's really, really difficult. Um, very, very hard. Um, the situation with the bookery was such that, first of all, if no one has been up to the bookery in Manchester, you have to go. They're an amazing local independent bookstore. They are such a wonderful kind of uh, conglomeration of everything good in the world. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the coming together of ideas and people, it's just, it's a great, great, great place. And the coffee is phenomenal. I'm just saying that. The coffee is phenomenal. Um, but they were willing to work with me in terms of making sure that the masks were enforced, making sure that social distance was enforced, and making sure that I was kept outdoors. Hmm. Um, and those were my requirements to show up to do that signing. And they worked with that. Other places haven't been able to accommodate that. Um, and so, yeah, those are my, my conditions. And I'm not going to travel out of state right now, obviously. Um, but it was a great experience. We had a lot of wonderful folks come down and buy the book and grab a coffee and hang out. And, um, some people had already purchased the book and they just came out to have it signed. And it was great to learn about what their favorite recipes from the book were. Um, so it was a really great time. I have a couple of other book signings locally, um, that we're hoping that we can do, you know, and that's all depending on weather. Right? We're trying to put something together for Salem uh, mats for October, but if the weather doesn't hold, we'd have to cancel it because we need to have a space that's outdoors to keep everyone safe. Hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't have any details on it yet because it'll be a last-minute kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, it, it has been really, really difficult. It has been really difficult. Yeah, so, uh, so for people who don't know, you are based in, in, you live, I guess, in Salem, New Hampshire? Yes. Yeah, and the company is a Salem, New Hampshire is. company. Yeah. That's where we are, and uh, it's great. We we really love it there. You know, we're right on the border, so we're we're local to everything, which is nice. And it's just the company is there, so so we don't have a storefront, we don't have a restaurant, but it is where we make all of our product, and it's where we ship from. Um, and people can stop by, but they need to call us first, especially right now. Okay. So speak speaking of the product, we haven't uh, gotten to what do you, what do you guys sell? What what does the company do? So at Kachina Aurora Kitchen Witchery, we manufacture gourmet foods. Um, and and our our biggest line, our most comprehensive line, is our infused olive oil. And that's probably about 80% of our business, which, as you said earlier, you can find at most local Whole Foods. We are at tons of local farm stands, a lot, lot of um, farm market stores, um, even... Uh, the, the Rockingham Mall has a shop that carries our product. The Manchester Mall has a shop that carries our product. Um, so we do have the olive oils. We also have a line of simmer and serve risotto mixes, a line of savory dips like onion dips. Um, and we are introducing a line of like kitchen witch goodies where we're going to have wooden spoons and aprons and all those kind of fun little things to go along with the book. Yeah. Tell me about the, uh, tell me about the olive oil. Are you obsessed with that? It's hot great. Oil? It's fa I love I love the hot pepper. Absolutely. I mean, I like spicy oh, okay. things, but but this and I love olive oil. Good olive oil. So tell me tell me about this guy here. So our olive oil, we I import the oil from Tuscany directly. So that oil takes ten weeks to get to us on a boat, and then once it gets to Salem, New Hampshire, uh, we all the herbs and spices that are in there, they're all mixed by hand. They're mm. all my own recipes. We do everything in house in Salem by hand, and each bottle gets filled individually. Um, we have five flavors that are our like 
all the time, everyday flavors. The hot pepper is one of them. And it is like that nice, hot, smoky chipotle. Uh, I put it in my macaroni and cheese and I make scrambled eggs with it. It's so good. Mm. Um, we have our roasted garlic oil, sun-dried tomato and basil, a rosemary and oregano, which is my personal favorite, and a zesty lemon. And then we often have, um, we have seasonal flavors as well. So our summer seasonal is a lavender and orange. And that is just finishing up its its life right now. I think we sold the last of it last weekend. Now we're going into the fall, which is our savory sage olive oil. And then around the holidays, we might have a truffle oil come out, uh, just a limited quantity like we did last year. Um, but those are oils, and we're always kind of working on them. And what makes them extra special is that you can cook with them. So we use a virgin oil instead of an extra virgin oil, which means it has a bit of a higher burn temperature. Hmm. So you can roast with that up to 400 degrees. So you could toss that hot pepper oil on some potatoes, Doug, and throw them right in the oven, or or put it on some chicken wings, throw them right on the grill. Like there's so much you can do with these olive oils. You're you're, you're talking, you're making me hungry, and you're talking my language. <laughs> uh, so before I turn this uh, over to Lou, because Lou always has some really uh, great questions, I just wanted to ask about your path as as an entrepreneur. Like where did this all start? Like were you into these kind of things when you were? 12 or 15 or 16 like where, where does this all begin in terms of your oh my life god how much time do we have <laughs> um so so again i'll try to keep it i'll try to keep it brief. um i've always loved to cook i've always loved food and i've always loved cooking and if you look at the book you can see that i'm much more of a cook than i am a baker um i like to bake and i love to eat baked goods but i'm much more of a cook Maybe that's why it resonated with me because I'm not a baker at all. I like yeah. to cook and I'm not a baker at all. And it just, it just, it felt like I was at home when I was reading this cookbook. It, yeah. But I hadn't realized that's what it, that's might yeah. be part of what it is. Yeah. And again, like there's a couple of cakes in the book and they're really, really good. But the, 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 and I'm also the person that would always rather have like a second helping of mashed potatoes than ice cream. Mm -hmm. Like I would always rather eat more real food than the dessert. I'll pass on the dessert if I can have extra, you know, meat and potatoes. Um, but um, if you ask me about entrepreneurship, the truth is I've kind of always been uh, a control freak. <laughs> um, a little bit of that person who I would see something and I go, you know what, I could do that better. My background is actually in interior design. I have a degree in design. Um, and I got into the field and it was great. Uh, but I, I just I wasn't really happy in it. Um, and I started making olive oil. Uh, it's, it's funny because I, I, this is back when my husband and I were still living in New York. We're both from there. And I was living in New York and we used to go to this spring festival every year. Um, and I was, I guess I was on a mailing list and I got a, an email that said, we're looking for people to speak on these topics. And one of them was kitchen witchery. And I had been practicing kitchen witchery for maybe I don't know, six or eight years at that time. And I was like, you know what? I could go and I could talk about this subject for, you know, a half hour, no problem. And the organizers said to me, well, we can't pay you for your time or your expertise, but we'll give you a table for free where you can vend whatever you want. Now, let's be clear. I am not crafty. Okay. I'm not somebody that makes little doodads. I'm not really like, I don't make jewelry. I'm not that person. I'm a cook, right? So I said, well, I don't make anything. And my husband said, you should just make a couple of those olive oils that you make for yourself that you use around the house. They're really good. I think people would probably buy them. So you should make a couple of those 
and see what happens. And I said, all right, well, that's what I'll do. And I made a bunch of those. And at the end of the day, I completely sold out. And I had 40 people show up for my little talk. And I went, oh, there's, there's an opportunity here. There's people are, are interested in what I'm saying and they like the thing I made. Let's see what happens. So I was still only doing that part time, you know, I was working design. Um, then in my husband and I moved up to, uh, actually we moved to Andover Mass when we moved up from New York. Uh, and that was 2010. And after about a year of living in New England and doing Cucina Aurora as a part-time thing, I looked at my husband and I said, uh, you know, I think this company has legs. I think I can really make it. Um, I think I, I think I'd do this full-time if I, if I work hard on it. And uh, he's just the most amazing, loving, supportive human being in the world and said, and I quote, go baby go i support you no matter what you do and i quit my job the next day wow. and um i i quit my my design job i started working part-time at trader joe's and i was working part-time at trader joe's even at the time where i finally got into my warehouse in, in salem um so it was a couple of years i was doing the business out of my apartment and then i was so so people think entrepreneurism and, and successful business stuff that happens overnight, but it really doesn't. I mean, I've been doing this now for this particular thing for 10 years um, and I'm only just getting traction and then COVID happened. So, you know, <laughs> we, we survive, we survive. And um, I have to say if, if I'm proud of anything, it's creating a working environment that people want to go to. Yeah. Um, we, my team loves, the company as much as I do, and and I'm just over the moon grateful about it. Right. So be before Lou comes in, uh, you did mention, uh, you know, kind of COVID and how it's, imp I, and we're also laughing because I think we heard yeah. the, the kittens. The kittens you probably oh, yeah. 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 have some new kittens. Basement. He's in the basement working and the kittens are crying because they want someone to play with them. They, and I told them I cannot play with them. I have very important vibes. They, they sound very cute. <laughs> uh, so, uh, other than, yeah, uh, you know, these products, you also teach, uh, you know, classes, you said something about doing kind of zoom classes or instructionals. What's going on with that? Yeah. So because I'm not able to do in-person appearances, there are a couple of stores that are basically hosting zoom events where I'm teaching a class and this is what it looks like, right? It's a zoom class just like this, where I can lecture about the book and then do a little bit of, of a demo of one of the recipes that's in the cookbook. They're about an hour long. We did one for the bookery last week. Um, and I'm doing one for a little shop called Pixie's Intent. And all the information for that is on our Facebook page um, and also on our website at kachinaaurora.com. And you just, I want to say it's like five bucks and you get the code to come into the class. Um, and then you can participate in that virtually. Very cool. Lou, do you have any questions for our guest? Yeah, let's start here, Don. I'm Italian, too, so I understand. Oh, All right, good, good. You I understand the whole concept of how meals work and what the dynamic is and spiritual nutrition. Uh, I was raised that way, and I understand it. And you say you don't cook to make people fall in love with you, but we all know what happens. <laughs> certainly happens I mean, among kinda, Italians. I mean, this is, little, this is how I got my husband. Yeah, <laughs> certainly <laughs> happens among Italians, especially with Italian cooks. But I was, I was looking at your website and about the book, and it was talking about healing relationship and the thing that caught my eye was attracting a new partner now i understand how this all works when the partner is there and how that exchange helps build and strengthen relationships how do you attract a new partner through this 
you have to love yourself first. And that is the absolute key to everything is that if you want to attract anyone, whether it is a romantic partner, a new friendship, a new job, I don't care what the relationship is. You have to be in love with yourself. And I'm not talking about being cocky. I'm not talking about being, you know, oh, I'm the greatest thing in the world. You have to start with yourself and be the thing you want to attract. Right. Right. If you are constantly being attracted, if you keep finding yourself in bad jobs, bad relationships, bad friendships, you have to start going, okay, why am I attracting these things? Why is all this negativity coming at me? Right. So, so it's about shifting who you are, shifting your mindset, shifting the energy that you're putting out into the world so that you can attract the thing you want. Right. You can't hit a target you can't see. So if you're constantly like, nobody loves me and everything sucks and I'm terrible. Yeah. Well, guess what? Everybody else is going to see that too. So you have to start with you. And then once you get past that part, then you can start working on how do I attract that person? How do I attract that new relationship? And it all comes down to visualization technique. It all comes down to positive energy that you're putting out there. And again, of course, to harm none. So if you're interested in the girl in the mailroom at your office, but you know that she's married and she's told you a hundred times, I don't want to go on a date with you. She's not your person, you know? So you need to start looking or, or put it out into the universe that you're looking for the perfect partner for you to come to you. How, and do, then how do does this the happen? Work. How does this happen within the kitchen? Are we talking about uh, putting down the Wendy's and cooking yourself a good meal? And Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oftentimes it is about putting down the Wendy's and cooking yourself a good meal and then working with the energies of the food that is that the inherent energy of the food. So there's a section in the book where we talk a little bit about tomatoes, for example. They're my absolute favorite food is tomatoes. I don't care if there's it's tomatoes and potatoes, like if one or the other, I'll, I'll eat it no matter how you create it. <laughs> um, but the energy of tomato is about giving love and receiving love, right? So if you're making the beautiful tomato bruschetta that's in the book and the energy that you're putting into it, the intention that you're putting into it, visualization as you're making that bruschetta is, I'm hoping for a person that I can give and give love to who will also give love to me giving and receiving and you put that visualization into the food and then you physically take that food into yourself right so you're amplifying all of that all those energies into yourself but that food itself knowing that that's the property of it the minute you know that you are now flipping on that light switch and turning up the volume on that energy thereby bringing that to you. So you're raising your own vibration. And when you raise your own vibration through food, through these cooking techniques, through these visualization techniques with the food, you will attract those other energies to yourself. Uh, you and I grew up Italian. We're used to kitchen interactions, kitchen-based interactions. and But it's undeniable that in our society today, we've moved away from that. It's takeout. Yeah. It's processed food. It's, uh, uh, you know, deli meats and put the, throw together a wrap. And, you know, not many people are cooking 
some people are cooking for the family, but it's not that the whole family is cooking together anymore, or that it's a, it's a uh, tribal or a uh, campfire type of activity anymore. So does that has that killed this dynamic, or has it created more opportunity because we're be, we'll be more amazed by the fact that we get together and cook, that we get together and eat meals together, because that art seems to be lost today. I, I think you're so right. I think there is a disconnect between where us and where we get our food from. You know, if you ask a kid, where does chicken come from? They say the grocery store. They, they say don't Wendy's. understand <laughs> that that is a bird, that yeah. someone has to actually grow and kill and process to get that into that nice little container and, and get onto your shelf and market basket. Like they don't, they, there's no, there's no connectivity there. Um, so I, I, I have to say that I think I'm uh, the ever optimist, right. And the ever positive person. So I have to say that, you know, on the, the silver lining of the COVID crisis, I think bringing us back into our homes and connecting us back to each other and forcing us to not be getting takeout all the time has been a positive for a lot of people. Um, I think that uh, to, to just to your point, Lou, I think it has been a lost art of, of cooking together or cooking for others. Though I don't think the ideas are lost. And I don't think the desire to do so is lost. And we can see this if we look at like modern day marketing, right? Uh, what comes to mind is there's a Coca-Cola commercial that I've been seeing recently on TV where literally it's just tons of people, different families sitting at home cooking together, right? And those images are starting to come back as, hey, we understand now what's really important. What's really important is being home and sharing time with family. And that happens over meals. Now, I want to say this, to practice these methods of kitchen witchery, spiritual nutrition, food magic, all these energy techniques that we've been talking about, you do not have to be a good cook. You do not have to start from scratch every time. You can be a microwave queen or you can, you know, get, you know, boxes of macaroni and cheese from time to time and you can still fill them with positive energy and good intentions as long as you're aware, because again, I have to bring it back to this, it all starts with you, right? So yeah. do I do I advocate for people who to, to for people to eat nothing but take out and process foods? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. However, if you're having a bad day, and I am the queen of macaroni and cheese on a bad day, <laughs> if you're having a bad day, it is okay to have that box meal or order that takeout and just doing it again mindfully you know that that okay i'm going to make this macaroni and cheese i'm giving myself permission to make this macaroni and cheese oh wait macaroni and cheese that crazy kitchen witch said cheese is a joyful food hey this macaroni and cheese is going to make me joyful you know so it's all about what you're putting into that food and it's about because the interaction. What you, put in is what you get out. It's about the interaction, isn't it? Because you mentioned macaroni mm -hmm. and cheese. So one of the things we did, my kids and I did macaroni and cheese out of a box. We did Annie's, but yeah. it was always it was always an event to come in. What are we going to add to it this time? Yes. What are we going to put into it? Are we going to put chicken? Are we going? What kind of flavoring are we going to do? Are we going to add barbecue sauce? You know, it was yeah. always, and they still remember that. And when they come over my house now, they're all in their mid twenties now. Um, when they come over to my house, they want to cook. They want to do something. We, we made barbecue sauce one time, this Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce, because my daughter wanted it when she was young. And it's like all, twice a year we, sit, we get together and make it because it's about that interaction. And it happens over food so naturally, and it's so pure. 
that it, it's something you have to keep in touch with. Right. And, and, and therein lies what we would call magic, Lou. Yeah. Right? That energy, that spirit, that joy, that memory, that connective tissue between you and your children over the memory of that barbecue sauce. That's the magic. And I think that we use that word magic so often and we think, oh, either it's like, you know, Harry Potter, silly, silly, or something to be afraid of because the witches are doing magic. Right. But everybody creates those magical moments. And it, it's, I love that story. I just love, and the fact that you're talking about the macaroni and cheese with the kids like that, you know that now they're going to do that with their family. And oh, that sure. they brought it to their partners in their life and go, oh, me and my dad used to do this. And, oh, what can we put in the mac and cheese? And, it doesn't have to be fancy. I think that's a common misconception. And I think, you know, when you go through the book, one of the, the things of feedback that I've been getting is, wow, these recipes are really easy. Well, like, yeah, it doesn't need to be complicated to be awesome. Like it can just be good and fun and easy and you can still get all this spiritual goodness out of it. Well, the book is called A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. Where can people get their hands on the book? You can buy it directly from me at kuchinaaurora.com. Um, and if you buy it directly from me, it does come signed. Uh, but you can also visit your local indie bookstore. Um, so again, it's at uh, uh, Manchester in, in the bookery. Um, lots of other indie bookstores locally. Most Barnes & Noble bookstores have it. And of course, you can get it on F. Yeah, and I just want to repeat, I'm holding this up, uh, but this is an advanced review copy, uh, and so I've seen images of the uh, uh, the book, and it's really beautiful. It, it doesn't look Thank like you. this. Well, it does look like it, but it's, it's, uh, it's you know, the photography is, is just uh, is just amazing. So, Don, thank you so much for coming on the 495 this week. Really appreciate it. I'm, I'm You know where I'm going as soon as I get home. I'm heading to the kitchen. <laughs> I'm hungry now. This is really great. Thank you so much. Really, I can't thank you guys enough. This was so much fun, and... Uh, you know, when the next book comes out, I hope to talk to you. Absolutely. I'll Absolutely. be working on it. All right. Talk soon. Bye, guys. Happy All right. eating. See you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, she left.